Welcome to Redemption City Church's Pastor's Corner, where Pastor Brandon K. Rochelle shares timely messages of encouragement and biblical solutions for life's tragedies, victories, and complexities. Today is episode number two, titled Spiritual Gifts and Being Simply Yet Supernaturally Yourself. And I'm your host, Ezekiel T. Ostrowski, and on behalf of this podcast and our ministry, let's make much of Christ today. Good afternoon, it's Ezekiel here, your host on the Pastor's Corner, anchored by Redemption City Church. I'm here with my brother and pastor, Brandon K. Rochelle, the lead pastor of Redemption City Church. How are you doing today, Pastor Brandon? I'm doing really, really well. I'm really pumped up. This is our second episode ever of the Pastor's Corner, Ezekiel, so that yeah. just gets me fired up. Mm-hmm. And so if this is your first time tuning into our podcast, we are super glad you're with us today. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And, you know, I'm proud to say that we've received some very excellent feedback from our first episode. You know, a nurse reached out to us and communicated uh, uh, how impactful the first episode was for her. Right, you know, she right. works in a hospital, which can be a very fearful place Absolutely. in light of this season with the coronavirus. And But, but because of the uh, the first episode, she was filled with faith and, and her trust in God deepened within her field of practice despite the chaos in the world. So that's really exciting to hear that even in our first episode, people are already being impacted. Yeah, you're, you're so right. There's really no greater blessing that we're really looking for from the Pastor's Corner. I mean, think mm-hmm. about it. I mean, at the end of the day, when, when all the technology is done and we put this audio together and we hopefully put some nice images on YouTube, at the end of the day, what we want to do here at Redemption City Church is we really want to release um, different types of media that are helping people. Mm-hmm. to think well in life. That's the whole aim of our of our podcast is to help provide timely encouragement and biblical solutions for life, you know, whether it's victories and positive things or tragedies and difficult things. Yeah. So that's that's super encouraging. Yeah, 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 yeah. And if you haven't watched um, episode one, it's available on our website at visitredemptioncc.com and you can go ahead and check it out. And uh, as I said in the opening trailer, we're here today and we'll be focusing on a conversation surrounding spiritual gifts and talents what they are, how we get them, and what we are to do with them. So that's really exciting um, today as we're going to enter into that topic. You know, so Pastor Brandon, you know, now before we prepare to dive into our topic today, what's a quick word, a perspective you can provide for our listeners as we head deeper into the season of social distancing because of the COVID-19? Yeah, absolutely. And so here's the thing. Anxieties are growing. You tracking like anxieties are growing mm-hmm. the, the deeper we go into this kind of COVID 19 social distancing kind of season that we're in anxieties yeah. are growing for, for a multitude of reasons you know whether it's from marital things and family things or, or loss of income loss of jobs just there's anxieties are are growing in our country i was just yeah. watching first take um with you uh the other day mm-hmm. and uh, you could just see it even in the the sports the sports yeah. announcers trying to figure out what topics come in and just that angst that right that angst in their heart to see yeah. even sports come back and so as anxieties are growing here, here's the thing the, two things the need for having biblical christ-centered aims and then just practical life schedules are going to become really really important now i know there's yeah. a lot of information right now mm-hmm. about maybe we're going to be kind of kind of ending social distancing soon so um we don't really know we're kind of following that and tracking with it as the information is released but if we mm-hmm. are going to be in this for a significantly longer season it's going to be really important that we have biblical aims to focus on we can't just yeah. do nothing right god, yeah. god says we can't have idle hands and we're going to need some practical things to do with this increased time on our hands and so you, you know it reminds me of jesus really talks about anxiety well in matthew chapter six and i want to read to you just these 
these uh, three or four verses when he when he says some beautiful mm -hmm. beautiful exhortations. Here's the word of the Lord. Yeah. It says, "Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, not about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Mm -hmm. Look at the birds of the air; they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father." feeds them. So my encouragement for a perspective as we're starting and just a quick note on the COVID-19 is that to remember that our good, good father, our heavenly father truly is going to provide the things that we need. And so we need to lean upon that. And we need to lean upon how that Jesus ends this exhortation in verse 33, when he says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So mm -hmm. if we can just really focus on God and let that be our aim, how can we be more like Christ? when we leave this COVID-19 season? How how do we become markedly and distinctly better, mm -hmm. right? More focused on Christ, more focused on our spiritual walk. I think that will really help us to spend less time on our anxieties and more time on Christ. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that, that's a good word right there, Pastor Brandon. And you know, I think of how have you have articulated um, in light of this season of just, man, For it's gonna be one or two ways for all of us. We're either gonna come out of this season capturing it, making the most of it, and we're going to be growing as individuals in Christ as well as, as a unity of faith still despite being separated, but um, we could capture the season and really ask God, what do you have for us? Absolutely. Or we can fall into the trap of being, like you said, idle or just stagnant and not growing and not really seeking or being diligent despite right. what's going on around us. You know, I think we need to try and grow and lean into what God has for Absolutely. us, being simply yet supernaturally ourselves as God has created, created us, you know? And, and I think, uh, uh, the, the reality of this episode, as we step into understanding our gifts, it's going to help even pivot this season in, in a much greater way, because there's no Absolutely. better way to understand our gifts, you know, right now in this season, and to apply it and learn and go deeper within ourselves and seeking, God, what do you have for us um, in light of the gifts that you've given us, you mm -hmm. know? So, so that's going to be really exciting as we step into that. And and I'm just super excited for you just to give wisdom on that for us today, Pastor Brandon. So to begin this this topic of spiritual gifts, how would you ex briefly explain what spiritual gifts are and where they come from? Absolutely. So um, let's just let's just start off with Apostle Peter. He, he, he really lays it out really, really well and briefly. Here it is. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another mm -hmm. as God, as good, excuse me, as good stewards of God's varied grace. And so the first thing when we think about what are spiritual gifts is that they are given to us by God and it's through his grace. And so that's so important. It's like the foundation of our whole understanding of God. Um, God chose us and we did not choose him. And so he first came and he rescued us. He paid for our sin and he, he, put, he paid for our sin, our shame, our transgressions. And he took all of that. We've been learning this in our church through the book of Ephesians and our sermon series that God through his son, Jesus took our sin into hell and he left it there, right? Mm -hmm. That's what Jesus did when he was dead for three days. He was in hell taking our sin down there, but because he was perfect and blameless and holy, hell could not hold him down. And so as Jesus ascended out of hell, leaving our sin and our shames, paying the great cost, when he came back up, and this is the beauty of the gospel, as he came up out of hell, he came lavishing the people of God with good gifts. And so that is literally where our spiritual gifts come from. They come from Jesus who ascended on high, and now he sits on the right hand of the Father, and he's lavishing and he's keeping these good gifts 
upon us and that's a beautiful beautiful thing and so when when we think about also our spiritual gifts i want us to think about them as something that god gives us for an explicit reason and this is what it is it's to glorify him by getting involved in his mission mm -hmm. let me say that again yeah. our spiritual gifts are purposed with glorifying god as we get involved with his mission mm -hmm. and what is his mission his mission is that we would reach all people with the gospel message yeah, yeah, yeah. right that's why we're here mm -hmm. and that is why we ultimately exist yeah you know that that's really good you know and i think you said it well our gifts are used for the mission of god and and i think of the just culture nowadays when you look at musicians and athletes and d these different types of people are super talented and immensely talented with absolutely with, with these high level abilities to, to be pro athletes amazing. Be professional singers you know so so we're in the in light of our gifts we have this aspect of being talented with, with we have talents these right. talented people you know so where, where do talents fit in the whole whole conversation of gifts um as people uh, just that god has created absolutely yeah so i mean let's put them in two categories we have our spiritual gifts given to us by god we just talked about that um ephesians chapter 4 says that jesus ascended and he gave out good gifts and then we have these things called talents right and so let's kind of let's kind of like um fillet these things open in a wise way our talents are given to us as soon as we're born mm -hmm. and so we don't do anything to earn them like for example my brother right here ezekiel has been gifted with the gift of singing and so um that means that without any effort from you god gave you the the unique ability with your vocal cords to to to, to produce a tune that would sound pleasant to people's ears mm -hmm. right some of the yeah, people yeah. they can try as hard as they want to it's not going to sound pleasant yeah, you know yeah, what yeah, i mean and so that's given to you some basketball some um, are artistic and creative and so these talents we have um were given at birth and so if you're listening right now what are some things that you have some natural talents that you even when you were three and four and five years old you could just kind of do this thing better than other people that's that's mm -hmm. that's a good way of thinking of a talent you kind of do it better than other people and you don't have to put too much effort into it now talents can be developed and matured like any other talent or gift you can mature in them but again the biggest thing is that you naturally are inclined to be relatively good at it mm -hmm. when you think about a spiritual gift okay that's totally different a spiritual gift is in you right but at the same time it's when you collide in your story with god as you become god's man or god's woman and you start to live your life in that decision for christ type of sanctification walk it's at that point in your rebirth that the spiritual gifts are lavished upon you so mm -hmm. think about you know we actually me and you were doing devotions the other day as mm -hmm. we're walking through the gospels and we saw this really laid out with jesus in the book of matthew as yeah. he was walking faithfully his life all the way up to the age of about 30 years old and then he gets baptized right and then it says that the holy spirit fell like a dove and then he was lavished with the holy spirit what happens right after he then enters into the wilderness to be tempted now he's equipped not only with wisdom but with the holy spirit yeah. he stands through that test and then he begins to do great things with the holy spirit on mission for god and so our talents are given to us at birth our spiritual gifts are given to us at rebirth and hopefully you use both for the glory mm -hmm. of God. No, no, that that's good, you know, and, and and I think about the people who. So, so would you say, Pastor Brandon? Let me ask you this: People who ultimately do not follow Christ, yeah. are they not given a gift at all? No, do they yeah, not have yeah. gifts, or is it just strictly talents that they are being uh, produced on, or they're, they're running with? No, no, lives? that that's that's a that's a great question. You know, I I love when I'm talking to my son Aiden about this kind of conversation, and we kind of we, we we're both big Kobe fans. You know, mm -hmm. um, unfortunately he passed away and stuff, but we I grew up a Kobe fan, and 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 my son loves Kobe, and so I say, man, Aiden, Kobe Bryant 
is immensely or was immensely talented at basketball. Just natural. It was mm -hmm. give it to him, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so as he grew, as Kobe played more, he would perfect that talent and obviously led to him being a five-time champion and all these things. So that's his talent. Now, I believe with all my heart that Kobe also has the capacity mm -hmm. for spiritual gifts, right? Now, I don't know him, so I don't want to go into too many examples, but the capacity of that spiritual gift is embodied within Kobe Bryant. And so you can see little glimpses if you watch how he leads his team or the type of entrepreneur he is, that he could have some of the, the giftings of some of the things that come with the gift of leadership or the, some of the spiritual gifts of the pastorate. Now, whether Kobe or myself or whoever steps into our spiritual gifts is a totally different conversation. So in recap, we all have talents that we're given at birth that mm -hmm. we can either foster, mature, and use. And then we also we all have the capacity for spiritual gifts that we either activate as we say yes to God mm -hmm. or they stay dormant in us forever if mm -hmm. we're denying God. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, so ultimately you're saying that that God is the one who is going to be the igniter of the gifts that Absolutely. are in Absolutely. Us, in, in a sense. Yeah, via the Holy Spirit. And just yeah. for those who kind of, maybe you get a little lost in these type of conversations, if you just want a quick definition, here it is for you. Spiritual gifts are supernatural attributes or abilities given to us by the God of the universe to serve, strengthen, and ultimately to encourage Mm -hmm. one another mm -hmm. yeah no, no. Uh, that's really good now now let's focus on a little bit for for Absolutely. us as as christ followers how important is it for us to use our spiritual gifts and talents and what does it mean for leaders in ministry to use their gifts and talents yeah no that's that that's that's a really important question and we really need to dive into that it's extremely important mm -hmm. uh, we're, we're gonna we're gonna sit in silence in a moment and let, let the weight hit it's extremely, extremely important. Here's why. Part of being markedly a functional, Bible-believing, Christ-exalting Christian is to use your spiritual gifts. James, Jesus' little brother, talks about that, right? Again, if, you, if you're a member of our church, you've been hearing us talk about this, but for those who are not, here we go. So James talks about in his, in his book of the Bible that we are to demonstrate that our faith is genuine by our works. Now, here's the thing. This is super important. Track with me. It does. It's not that when we do more actions or we do more works that our faith increases. Yeah. No, that's bad theology. That's what condemns us. Here's what I'm saying. And here's what James is saying even more importantly. If our faith is genuine, we will see evidence that our faith is genuine because we're going to be getting going in these good works. Now, these good works are not the same thing. For example, I could be doing good works, right, as an elementary school teacher, teaching in um, un, like underprivileged districts of students and really making a great impact. And that is a good work. I could also be um, a, a, a someone who has a lot of financial ability. Maybe I'm a professional athlete. Maybe I'm a lawyer and I'm able to build an amazing school in Africa or Russia for underprivileged kids. That's a good work, mm -hmm. but it's not the biblical good work that James is talking about. So why it's so important for us to get involved with our spiritual gifts for Christ's mission is because literally our spiritual gifts and our talents, yeah. when used for God, are the vehicle that drives our lives in our purpose. And so one of the biggest questions for believers and non-believers, Ezekiel, is mm -hmm. what am I here for? Yeah. What is my purpose? Why do I exist? And so your spiritual gifts are super important to use because it's literally the vehicle that you are able to walk a purpose that will last you with joy, yeah. satisfaction, and it's the only purpose that will actually lead you towards 
eternity. Now, yeah. when you were talking about the leadership thing, man, that, that, that's really important. Um, let, let, I just talk to you personally. For me, when I'm considering, like, who am I going to run with in ministry, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, there may be people listening today that are in, interested in ministry or, or you're serving in ministry as a volunteer. So for me, as, as the lead pastor of Redemption City Church, when I'm thinking about who am I going to kind of run with, who's going to be part of my tribe in ministry, who's going to be my brothers and sisters that I'm going to lay my life down for, and hopefully they're laying their lives down for me, it always starts with this question. Is, um, I don't, I mean, excuse me, I don't start with this question. Who has the most gifts or talents? That's, that's just not where my mind goes. You know, when I was even thinking about, man, who's going to be on our financial accountability board or whatever, I don't say who's the most gifted, who has the most talent. Instead, I say who has gifts and talents that they ultimately want to use yeah. to strengthen the body and strengthen other people. Yeah, you, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because so often in, in our American culture, our gifts and our talents are all about lifting up ourselves, making much of ourselves, building up our finances. And yeah. so the first thing I do when I think about leadership, right? So even if you're listening to this podcast, you're like, I don't, I'm not trying to be a pastor. I'm not in ministry. Maybe you are an entrepreneur. You have a small business. It's still the same thing. You want people on your team that are not just gifted and talented for themselves. You want people that have gifts and talents that are using them to build up your company, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's, when, that's something that's important to me. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that, that's a good mindset. I, I think that's really good and important because ultimately it's for the glory of God in, in that sense. And so um, I, I was thinking about when you're talking about this joy and the satisfaction that we receive when we walk out the gifts. Mm-hmm. Now, now, now give me a, a perspective on the opposite side mm-hmm. for many people who aren't Christ followers, sure. they're not walking in the gifts in a, in a God exalting way. Mm-hmm. What, what is that like in their lives? Do what, what do they experience when they're not fully walking mm. in their, their gifts and talents or being used for what God ultimately has designed? Yeah, absolutely. Um, longings, Mm-hmm. <laughs> longings, um, not being satisfied, constantly pursuing the next thing. These are things that come to my mind when I think about your question. Um, the Word of God promises that any pursuit outside of God will only lead us to temporary happiness. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. we see this all the time, unfortunately, with a lot of Disney uh, Disney stars who grow up and they're all on drugs when they get older. We see it all the time when you hear about multi-million dollar millionaires who say they're not happy or they're in depressions. Yeah. And so um, when we are do- using our gifts and talents, but we're not explicitly funneling them so that they permeate towards gospel intentionality, even if we live for a season lavishing in them, we're going to feel like we're missing something. Yeah. We're going to feel like something is just not quite right. And mm-hmm. then ultimately we keep pursuing more and more and more hoping that that's going to lead us, but it doesn't, it mm-hmm. doesn't, it, it doesn't promise us what it, what we feel. And yeah. that's why we have to be careful with our desires because our desires are not always accurate. Yeah. 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 And, and I, I think that's good. And, and it kind of points us in a direction of how important the unity of the body of Christ, Absolutely. the church is, and, and really having people in your life who are going to help see that in you and fan it into, pl- into flame and encourage you. Yeah. And I'll say that. Another word is, you know, um, you know, being a pastor, you know, and being near people that are d- near death, I can tell you right now, no matter what gifts and talents they have, especially if they weren't using them for Christ-centered things, what starts to become important is not no longer what they're going to get yeah. because they know they're leaving this earth. Yeah. So that now all of a sudden their stocks, their money, all these things don't matter. They're big houses. None of yeah. it matters. But what they only think they really care about, um, unbelievers, when I'm talking to them near the end, is what are they leaving? Yeah. And that, now we're talking about legacy. Mm-hmm. And so any legacy outside of God is is just dust, right? Mm-hmm. You can't you can't bring anything with you into mm-hmm. death. And so yeah. only Christ offers us a life after death. Yeah. And so all of a sudden the conversations even with unbelievers becomes what am I leaving and what did I do? 
And, yeah. and that's why for every listener today, we want you to lean into that question, not on your deathbed, but now. What am I going to leave when I'm done here? Yeah. Right? And will that last past my life? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and there's so many things that can, can come out of that question. Mm-hmm. Like, what do I do? What do I do now, Pastor Brandon? How, mm-hmm. do, I, how do I do this? How do I do this? But let's let's go back to Absolutely. the basics a little bit and, and, and really just cover the reality of what the Bible communicates. Brandon, Pastor Brandon, can you um, share with us, man, how many special gifts does the Bible talk about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So there's, um, it, it, depending on your theology and your doctrine and what you believe, you know, but generally there's about 25 gifts that the Word of God gives us. And they're primarily coming out of Romans chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Ephesians 4, um, and first and First Peter chapter 4. And so um, all the way from things like the gift of exhortation and giving and leadership and mercy, all the way down to celibacy and and hospitality and martyrdom and and many in between. But again, the purpose, whether you have five gifts or two gifts, whether God gives, you know, it's about, am I being faithful with that gift? That's what's really important. Am I being faithful with whatever gifts God has given me, right? Mm -hmm. And and, And really understanding that these gifts are given to us to build up other people, not just ourselves. Yeah, and so yeah. there's about 25 gifts that the Bible lays out and, 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 and they're, 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 they're really awesome. I encourage um, all of our listeners to go deeper into that. Yeah. 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 And, and, and just that, that discovering of what, what God has given us. And so, so give me, you, you said, man, some people have five gifts, some people have two Absolutely. gifts. So you're telling me that there is a, like, we can have multiple gifts or absolutely. some people can have a lot. Like, tell me absolutely. about why, why is that? Why do you yeah. think that that, that is? No, us? absolutely. Um, because God is, is because God is God. And so in, in scripture, he lays out this principle in the gospels. He says that to some, he would give one talent and to some, he would give three. But what mattered in this parable was what that servant did with them. And we see mm-hmm. uh, some sobering realities of the, of the servant who complained about only getting one and didn't do anything with it. God removed even the talent that he had. But we, then we see what happens with the, the servant who had four talents but was faithful and was giving it away. He yeah. got doubled, right? And so again, it's not about whether you have one or four. It's so much about what you do with them. It's about yeah. quality, how you use the quality of your gift instead of the quantity of it right mm-hmm. how can i be so faithful with what god has given me so that i can not only lift up his name and encourage people with whatever i have but that i can ultimately feel fulfilled in my life right so if you have yeah. four if you have one gift but you're ringing your life out for it you're just using it and wringing everything out of it man you're going to be satisfied in that yeah. and that's where trust comes in you got to trust in the word of god that that's going to happen because yeah. god is He's promised that to you, you know, mm-hmm. and so that's that's ultimately what's most important about how many gifts you're you're given, right? Yeah. No, yeah, that's a good perspective, you know, because I, I think many of us have the ability to compare to look at uh, others oh, instead absolutely. of like recognizing God, what you've given us, you mm-hmm. know, and, and and that's good to ring it out and to lay it down and say, man, I trust that even in like you said, the one gift, I will be fully and comprehensively satisfied in the God of the universe. Absolutely. That's, that's, that's a good word. Now, now I, I want to kind of hone down, you know, with you said 25 gifts, correct? With Absolutely. the spiritual gifts that the Bible communicates. Let's, let's come down a little bit and kind of hone in on, on some specific gifts that uh, the Bible communicates. You know, there's a, a significant amount of controversy surrounding the spiritual gift of tongues and mm-hmm. tongues interpretation, you know? So, so how do you think through this special gift? You know, how, how do you lead your church faithfully through the topic um, of tongues? Absolutely. All right. So let's kind of have, let's take our time. And so um, we're in our church, Redemption City Church. We're in the Ephesians series. We've been in it for about five months and a half, about five, six months now. We are just, man, we're just cooking. So we, we probably got another five or six months left to go. Um, so we're really taking our time. And so 
in our Ephesians series, we just got done laying out these 25 um, spiritual gifts. And we kind of mm-hmm. went through and I kind of kind of exhorted and filleted open each one. And the, the two that I didn't cover were tongues and terms interpretation. So we're going to spend some time here specifically about these two. But I just want our other listeners to be like, why are we spending so much time on tongues and tongues yeah. interpretation? What about those 25? Well, we have a, we had our sermon series about that. And so we'll talk about that at the end, how you can listen to those. But let's just jump into that. So the spiritual gift of tongues. Okay. Uh, to properly understand this this gift of tongues, we need to begin with just a, like a brief history um, of language, honestly, in the human race. And so in the garden, right, the Garden of Eden, namely, Genesis, in, that talks about Genesis, mankind had one language. You tra- mm-hmm. you track with me? There was one, it wasn't all these different languages like we have today. There's one language, Adam and Eve, one language. Um, and Adam and Eve, in this one language, were in direct communication with God, and they had perfect communion and language with him, okay? So I want to take this really slow. They had perfect language and communion with the God of the yeah, universe. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, mm-hmm. this relationship changed, right? This went at the fall when Adam sinned, not Eve. We always get that wrong. You know, the cowardly man that's putting it on Eve. No, 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 no. So when Adam sinned and Eve was deceived against God, yeah. um, their, the curse happened. And then they were banished from Eden along with all of their descendants, right? So Cain and Abel, right? They were not in Eden. They, they, Adam, and Eve, uh, Adam and Eve had to leave. Cain and Abel come. And so, and all the descendants were also banished forever from Eden. Yeah. So mankind kind of continued um, on with this one language up until Genesis chapter 11. So that's a great, actually a little pivot point for all of those who want to think deeply and then read through the scriptures. So right around Genesis chapter 11, God confuses their language. So this yeah. is the first time. So all the way up, there's one language. Now yeah. I'm taking our time biblically because I want us to understand this is like kind of a biblical manhood, womanhood type of a conversation where we got to build a wise bridge. So in chapter 11 of Genesis, God confuses language and the people were at that time dispersed all over the earth so at that time if, if, if you're track with me everybody lived in one location on the planet yeah god disperses their language and mm-hmm. they spread out on the earth now why did he do that why did he disperse them and why did he confuse their language he did it because when they were united under one language they were conspiring right the tower of babel they were conspiring to make much of their own name so this has always been this in the beginning making much being our own gods this yeah. is this is, this is the wow. great sin us trying to be God, us not being satisfied in God, in God, us feeling like we don't need God. Yeah, and so yeah. their attention was making a name for themselves, and thus they were replacing God in their hearts wow. with their own narratives and their own desires. So God said no, and he confused their language. He yeah. disconnected them, and he dispersed them. So pride, Ezekiel. Pride is the birthplace of all sin, and regrettably, but pride was what ultimately led to the fall of yeah. man in Eden as we decided to try to take advantage of things. And now what was happening with the one language, we were taking advantage of the good language that God gave us and we were using it for the wrong reasons. So, I mean, I'm going a little bit deep on there, but therefore, after God confused their language and scattered them across the earth, he chose one people with one language to bring him glory and to draw mankind back to himself, okay? Yeah. And, and we're that one people. Yeah. We're so 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 from Genesis 11 all the way up, there's multiple languages, hundreds and thousands, and we're confused. And look what it did to the world. We're separated. You got different cultures, you know, we get from racism to the you know, I don't understand you, therefore, I don't like you. Yeah, right. Um, your language sounds weird, so I'm going to look down upon you. Your language sounds more beautiful, so there you must be better. All this thing happened, but God promised through his son that he would reunite his people once again the people wow. of god yeah. under one language mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. this is what's this is, this is beautiful 
And so um, eventually, if you keep going through the biblical history, through the nation of Israel, the Hebrew language would be used to communicate God's word. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. we know that the Old Testament was original text is Hebrew. We know the New Testament Greek. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. we would all rally around the Hebrew language. However, the rest of the world did not speak nor understand Hebrew language. Wow. You have to understand that. Mm -hmm. So outside of the people of God that were speaking Hebrew, the rest of the world did not understand that language mm -hmm. because he had dispersed them long, long ago. And so, yeah. well, we have a problem. The gospel message is trying to go forth, but you can't understand the language of the Hebrew tongue. And so this was something that God had to remedy, and he always had a plan for it. So you fast forward to the Pentecost that's talked about in the book of Acts chapter 1, and the pouring out of the Holy Spirit on the people of God. Yeah. And here we see a glimpse of God's reversal of the curse of the dispersing of languages. So God, the curse happens, Genesis chapter 11 they're dispersed language. Then Acts chapter, in the book of Acts chapter one, I believe, um, we see the remedy of God coming yeah. into play um, by the Holy Spirit falling. And so as that happened in Acts chapter two, the people from all over the world began to hear God's word proclaimed in their own languages, what the word of God says. It's wow. crazy. You should see that. The Bible's not boring. And so in Acts chapter two, it talks about all the disciples came out with the Holy Spirit and they start speaking in every language. Wow. And that was the first evidence we saw of tongues. And so the Holy Spirit supernaturally gave them the ability to speak in literal language. See, here's the thing. We often think of the gift of tongues as like kind of like random noises, but that's not the first evidence we get. It was literally the, the disciples and others speaking in all the different dialects that were in the cultures yeah. and they all were hearing the gospel, the gospel. message. Yeah. So that was really awesome. Now, Literally, there's there's a lot more that can be said mm -hmm. about the spiritual gift of tongues, but I want to summarize with just a few few more things. Okay. Um, okay. Not every believer gets this gift, right? Yeah. Not every believer does. The gift of tongues is not a requirement. It's not necessary in terms of a sign that you are a legitimate believer of Christ. That's so important. That is our theology through and through at Redemption City Church. Yeah, and yeah. so there's a lot of there's a lot of wacky information out there, and it discourages the people of God. Man, I've never talked in tongues. Somebody's come up to me, and when I'm counseling them, they say. Pastor Brent, I've never spoken tongues. Am I missing something? Am I not walking with Christ? Hey, whether you have the gift of tongues or not does not legitimate, legitimize your relationship with Christ. Yeah. This is one, just like the other 25, spiritual gifts. Yeah. And we really got to make that faithfully known to the people of God and to our people because yeah. it's really a condemning thing. That's also, um, tongues can be human language, just like we heard in Acts chapter 2, but often the language can also be no no language that anybody understands. So it might not be like German or Greek or or even an African dialogue. It can be a heavenly language. I know it sounds okay. real crazy. We can't get into that too much. It can be a heavenly language given to you by the God of the universe for you and God only. And, and, and that's also a type of tongues. Um, and so one more thing, uh, no one should be speaking in tongues, right? In church gatherings, right? So you should not be speaking in tongues in a church gathering where there's no interpretation. Okay, so that's where we get chaos. Paul talks about that also in the yeah. book of Acts, where if we're speaking tongues in a church, that needs to be equipped and it needs to be guarded with someone who's able to also interpretate 
tongues. Okay? okay, and so that's what that's what we believe. There's more, but I think that's about as deep as we can go in this format of a podcast. No, no, that, that that's that's a really good breakdown of, of the spiritual gifts of tongues and interpretation. I and I didn't even recognize the reality of man how important it was at Pentecost for God to man give us that ability to Absolutely. communicate with one another, and we get to see as you you said, man, it's ultimately to 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 relay the gospel message for people to understand what Christ has done and right. what God has done. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I want to just say just a couple more brief things specifically about the spiritual gifts of tongues interpretation, because I just want to be faithful to kind of both sides of the coin. And so um, the Greek word for interpretation is herminia, and that simply means to interpret, explain, or to expound upon a message that is not understood in a natural way. And so those who are gifted with this um, gift are able to lean into someone else who has a spiritual gift of tongues and they can understand it, they can explain it. And so it can play out two ways. Um, if God is activating you with the spiritual gift of interpretation, you may be able to understand a literal foreign language that you've never practiced, never learned. And that's that's crazy, but this is one of the supernatural gifts God gives. It also could play out by you understanding a heavenly language. So when someone is kind of uttering, it's called utterances. When you're when someone is speaking spiritual utterances that between them and God, those with the gift of interpretation can actually lean in and understand that. Now, why is that so important? This is important because it provides protection for the body mm -hmm. of Christ. And yeah. so if you have this gift, you are so special, so important, and so valuable to the kingdom of heaven because listen you literally become a wise guard for the body of christ from those who are being deceptive with this gift and that are speaking things that are not of god and so that's that's very very important now um also the spiritual gift of interpretation is given by the holy spirit to certain people to reveal certain messages in a different language for a culture and so this yeah. is also usually a gift that is really really um well used if you have the gift of being a missionary so mm. those are some cool things to yeah know yeah about yeah that. yeah that sounds awesome the gift of tongues sounds amazing you know and, and you said earlier that not all of us have the gift of tongues or interpretation but let me ask you this pastor brandon do do we have access to all the gifts do we have access to the gift of tongues whenever we want can we can we seek god and ask for it or are there some gifts that just aren't available to us no that's a good work um so let's think about it this way there are certain gifts so we do the answer is yes and no it's a both and um when we have spiritual gifts like the gift of exhortation or giving or leadership or knowledge uh, helps healing faith discernment these are gifts i call the the, the ready right now gifts right you're tracking yeah. with me the, the yeah. ready right now gifts so that means that if you have this gift and you are reborn in christ and you are living for god's mission you are sold out for him you are so valuable so special because every day of your life you get to activate these gifts you can use your discernment for for things that are profitable or not for god's kingdom for your own selfish gain but they are they are available to you to use as you discern to use them yeah. there are certain gifts and they tend to lean towards the more miraculous side like the gifts of healing um and then also the gift of tongues and tongue interpretation where they're not something you can call upon just when you want another gift would be the gift of um, also martyrdom so think through the gift of martyrdom the gift of um, um, miracles, the gift of sometimes prophecy and the gift of healing and the gift of tongues as the gifts that God gives at a sp specific time for a specific reason for his sovereign will. Mm -hmm. And so here's an example of what I did in the sermon. I want to share it with our listeners on the podcast today. Pastorally, if I go to the hospital um, and I'm doing a hospital visit with someone who has cancer, I'm going to lay my hands on this sick person. I'm going to ask God to heal them. Now, if God does not heal them in that moment, it simply means that that's not his will. He's not moving in that. It doesn't mean that he doesn't love them and he's forsaken them, but this is also part of a fallen world. Disease, sickness, and death occur. 
However, if I pastorally lay my hands on this same cancer patient and I ask God to heal them and they are healed, I, this was not something done in and of myself, but what that means is God in that moment for a specific reason for his sovereign will activated the mm-hmm. spiritual gift of healing for me to be a vessel for that person. And so the, think of certain gifts like that as specific times that we are activated and it's always because God's doing a work, not because of us, right? Yeah. So um, that should never be our goal um, in terms of with those type of gifts of how much we can activate them. If these are some of your gifts, the posture of your heart is, man, I'm ready and I'm available whenever you want to use me in yeah. these really kind of miraculous gifts. Yeah, now, now some in the miraculous gifts that you're talking about, that kind of sphere, how, how, how do we know if we even have access to those? Because what if we have not had opportunities to step before people or the gift of healing in that sense, or even the gift of tongues and, or, you know, how, how do how do we access those gifts with different, you know, experiences and whatnot, you know? No, that's, that, that's a good question. Um, the word of man, God really explains this also in the gospel. Um, I, I don't have the Bible verse in front of me, but let's, let's think about the framework of it, which is the most important. God will give you access to the gift that you need when you need it, right? And so you, I, what comes to my mind is when I think about, um, unfortunately, back when Osama bin Laden was murdering a lot of people, including Christians, and they were kind of lining up all these Christians that they had captured, and then they were asking them to denounce their faith. And in that moment, um, either you were going to denounce your faith, and if you did, they'd let you live. If you didn't, they were going to cut your head off or shoot you in the head, right? I know mm-hmm. it's very graphic, but this, was, this is really what happened. And so um, you saw... Christian after Christian falling, you know, Mm -hmm. on these really graphic videos because they would not denounce Christ. Now, these are normal people who had dreams and hopes, families, they went to work. And I can pretty much assure you that on any given day, they were not ready to die and did not have that kind of faith and that kind of um, courage. But in that moment, their faith was proved to be genuine because they would not denounce God, even at the point of death. Yeah. And what the Bible tells us is that in that moment, the spiritual gift was given to them to do that. God equipped them with what they what they needed. And so um, we can have confidence and we can have real hope that um, access to those type of gifts, God will give us when we need them. So, so let, let me answer it in, in another way too. Um, how can we have access to those type of gifts? How can we know? Here's the thing. We'll know it because we'll need it and mm-hmm. God will supply it. Yeah. And until we need it, we don't have to worry about getting it. If we mm-hmm. don't need it, we won't have it. And if we need it, God will give it. No, no, that, that, that that's really good. Um, Pastor Brian, thanks for sharing that, that reality. Because I know many people can get caught up in, in, in wanting those gifts and trying too hard. So how would you encourage for people who are wanting those, those gifts of being able to speak in tongues or do miracles or have a prophecy, uh, a prophetic vision? How, how would you encourage that and to say, hey, Man, just just be still. Yeah. Wait on God and to continue to press it forward. We go back to the title of this episode. Yeah. Um, I would encourage them to simply yet supernaturally to be themselves. Yeah. Um, there's no profit in trying to gain things that you don't have. Mm-hmm. Here, here, here's here, here's a kind of a, a, a wise way to think through it, and hopefully it could be an easy thing to remember. You can only give what you have, and you only have what God has given you. Mm-hmm. I want to say that again for our listeners. Hey, le- lean in with me. You can only give what you have, and you only have what God's given you. The moment, the moment that you start trying to give what you don't have, particularly when God hasn't given it to you, 
that's the moment that you enter into a type of unrest and, and discontentment. And it's always, always, always going to lead you down a path you don't want to, you don't want to go in. You want to be so faithful and so focused on what God has given you. Every moment that you're spending focusing on someone else's gift is only going to make you be the one that's robbed of the joy that God has set before you. So that's my encouragement, Pastor. It's like, hey, mm -hmm. man, encourage, spur your brothers on. Spur your sisters on that have other gifts that you don't have, but don't envy their gifts. That's not love. Love does not envy yeah. other people, right? Yeah, love yeah. does not do that. Love spurs on mm -hmm. our brothers and sisters yeah, in Christ. Yeah. Now, now, Pastor Brian, during part 17 of our Ephesian sermon series that we're marching through at our church, you talked about sharing some important practical thoughts on spiritual gifts. Would you, would you be able to do that for us today as we prepare to wrap things up? Absolutely. And so if you are um, a covenant member or a regular tenor of Redemption City Church, you know that in our roadmaps, there was the section that you can fill out at this time of our podcast. And for those who are listening to the podcast for the first time, you also have access on our website um, at visitredemptioncc.com to print off this as well if you want to be able to fill in this guide. So here we go. Number one, all are gifted, but some are really gifted. Like um, no matter who you are, you just need to get in the game because you've been gifted by God. Now you may have to go on a discovery of how many gifts and what they are, but know that you're gifted. And yeah. the first thing God wants for you is to get in the game, that's number one. Number two, rather you focus on a natural gift or a spiritual gift as your starting point, the key is using them for the mission and the glory of God. Like for example, if you have the gift of singing, that is, that's not a spiritual gift, right? But um, man, if you set out and say, man, I'm gonna use this talent that God's given me. And I want to use this talent that I don't have to use. I can do whatever I want with it. But if I give it, if I give it to the kingdom of heaven, if I make that for the mission and the glory of God, God promises us. He promises us. This is the thing, that we're going to be blessed by that. That's what we want. We all want to be blessed. We want to be happy. We want to be satisfied. So God promises that. So whether it's natural or spiritual, the key is getting them in the game and using them for the mission and glory of God. So the question I have for our listeners is, what are your talents? What are your gifts? How are you using that for God's purposes? Mm -hmm. Number three. Gifts are discovered and integrated through trial and error. This is super important, Ezekiel. Gifts are discovered and integrated through trial and error. Now, this is an... I have mentored over 75 young men and young women. And I don't mean like in a classroom setting for a day. I've, I've mentored over 75 men and women in intimate ways. And about 12 of them, I mean, in deep, deep ways. And let me tell you something about this whole discovering and, and trials and error. If you are afraid to fail or you have failed and you are discouraged and you're out of the game, you are never gonna have what God has for you. You're never gonna reach your potential. You're never gonna be able to really recognize who he's created you to be and your purpose and your calling because mm -hmm. gifts are discovered and they are integrated as you mess up and you kind of flop around trying to figure out, this isn't really me, this one really is me. This one is me when I turn a little bit to the left or to the right. So that's that's really, really important. Like you can't do all things, but you can do some things. And the only way you're gonna figure out what those things you can do and you can't do is by getting in a game and trying. You mm -hmm. can't be afraid to try. The next one, number four, within your particular gift set, you must recognize there are different levels that people have been given that gift. So even if you have the gift, you may have it at a different level, right? And so it's not just like, oh, this person has the gift of knowledge, this person has a gift of knowledge, so we all are the same. No, there are some who have been given more portions of that gift of knowledge than others. In other words, you may be a good leader, but you may not be a great leader. I know that sounds kind of tough, but 
it's the truth. You may be a good leader, but you may not be the greatest mm -hmm. leader. And there may be other individuals that God has empowered in that same area that are more gifted than you. And that needs to be okay. That has to be okay. If we have a kingdom mind and a kingdom focus, right? Mm -hmm. um, you may be able to lead five or 10 people on your team while someone else can lead a couple thousand people. You have to learn to humble yourself and that has to be okay. It's about leaning into how God has gifted you with whatever capacity he's given it to you and doing your absolute best for the glory and the renown of God's name. That's what matters. That's your focus. That's your yeah. aim. Now, why does all this matter? Why does all this matter? It matters because so often we fall into these comparison traps, you know, and I've done that in my life, you know, comparing myself to other leaders, comparing myself to other ministries. And all it does is really make you stressed out now. So you know, no matter how many gifts you have or, or how gifted you are in that gift, it always comes down to how can I be so faithful with it? Um, number five, even though God has given you good gifts by paying the ultimate price with no cost to you, you ready? You have the inherent responsibility to cultivate that gift into fru fruition. You have, that's your part. That's my part. God has his part. He gave them. He lavished them on us. He, he paid for them, right? We didn't deserve it. We sinned. We murdered him, but he loved us. He lavished these gifts upon us. That's God's part. Our part is the inherent responsibility to cultivate the gift into fruition. All right. So just because you have a natural gift or an inclination doesn't mean that it's sharp and that it's ready to be used. Just because you have a spiritual gift of discernment or expectation doesn't mean that it's sharp yeah. and it's ready to be used. Yeah. God gives the gift and it's like ready and go. Mm -hmm. Then me and you and everybody else is listening say, man, how much am I going to take this seriously? How much am I going to fan this into flame? How much am I going to mature this gift? Because the more you mature it, the more you're going to be impactful for the kingdom of God. Here's the next one. Number six, you have to be humble and willing to serve outside of your God-given gifts and talents from time to time. So if someone asks you to pray for them, you can't respond by saying, that's not my gift. Or if someone is telling you, man, I need you to help me in the kids ministry, that's not my gift, right? So there's times where you got to serve outside of your natural talents and outside of your special spiritual gifts for the betterment of the body of Christ. That may not be important for everyone, but there are, but trust me as a pastor in churches, it's an important reminder that just because it's not what you like or what you want or what you're gifted in, it doesn't mean that there aren't times where we have to serve outside yeah. of our gifts. Yeah, Here's number yeah. seven, your gifts spiritually are often discovered through times of frustration and unwanted circumstances. Let me just talk about this in terms of my story and my university of suffering, and especially for the young, vibrant, hungry, upcoming leaders that are listening to this podcast. Your gifts are often discovered through times of frustration and unwanted circumstances, okay? Um, for example, you may be in a room getting frustrated and wondering why no one else is going to go to a person. Like you can clearly see this person is suffering. You know, maybe you're at church or maybe you're in a small group or wherever you're at. You're like, man, does anybody see this person is lonely? Like what's wrong with everybody? Everybody's caught up in their narrative. Everybody's playing the, the board game. Why doesn't nobody see that this person is, nobody's really talking to him. Nobody's really talking to her. Nobody's leaning in. You may have the, the spiritual gift of discernment and not even recognize it. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times you're going to discover your gifts because there's a holy angst that grows in you. And yeah. you, you almost put an expectation like, what's everybody else doing? Well, don't do that and just recognize that God's given you the ability to do something special. So yeah. um, that's one way you'll discover your gifts is like, you'll often feel a little bit of alone. Like, does nobody else see, feel what I'm feeling and seeing? Maybe not. Maybe they don't. Yeah. Um, here's the next one. Number eight, your gifts are to contribute to the kingdom, not just to consume for any reason. 
I'm gonna say it again. Your gifts are to contribute to the kingdom, not just to consume things mm -hmm. for any yeah. reason. And so if you're having spiritual gifts and it's all terminating on yourself and it's all about you and building up your name and your barn house and your narratives and your job and your career, that is not using for the glory of God. We want to use them to contribute to the kingdom mission, God's mission, which is to make disciples, baptize disciples, teach them to observe God's commandment. That is our mission. So we want to mm -hmm. contribute in that way. Here's the last one. Your gifts are not your primary identity. We need to sit in that. Your spiritual gifts, like, okay, I have one gift. That means I'm this. No, I have 10 gifts. That means, no, no, no. Your gifts are not your primary identity. They are your God-given activity. Mm. I'm going to say that one more time because this is so, this, this will free up some people that are enslaved in their works. Your gifts are not your primary identity. They are your God-given identity. You are first and foremost a child of God, saved by the blood of Christ, the blood of the Lamb, and you're done. You're finished. God did it. And right now, whether you do anything for God's kingdom, you listen to me right now. Whether you serve, whether you don't serve. Whether you do 15 things or you do one thing. On your worst day, God loved you. He rescued you. He saw the full story and picture of your sin and your shame. And he counted you worthy to be in his family. And he set his son down in advance, knowing your whole existence. And he said, I want this one to be my son. I want this one to be my daughter. Your primary identity is rooted in God, not in what you do. Mm -hmm. Now, your spiritual gifts is your God-given activity. In other words... It doesn't, it's not who you are. It's the blessing of what you do here on earth. Mm -hmm. And it's only for earth. These spiritual gifts all leave us when we go to heaven because we don't need them anymore. We're with the God of the universe and we're able to be with our heavenly father, with Jesus on the right hand, all the apostles, all the prophets. And we're, we're, we're in heaven, new heavens, new earth. We don't need discernment because there's no need to be wise where everybody's on the same playing field. You track with me? Yeah. And so these spiritual gifts are for earth. Tracking, they're for earth to help us through a difficult, broken world. Mm. So yeah. it's just our activity, Zeke. Yeah. It's our activity. It's not our identity. And yeah, I want yeah. us to know that. Yeah, no, no. And, and those are really nine good practical um, realities to, to break down this this idea of spiritual gifts and to give us a, a deep perspective that we are able to run with and, and capture and be able to, to move forward, um, knowing that that ultimately is for the, the glory of God. And, you know, so thank you, Pastor Brandon, for sharing that. And, and if someone is listening today and is desiring to go deeper in this topic of spiritual gifts and talents, where would you point them to initiate their journey? Absolutely. And so um, I, I got two places. Okay, here's the first one. Um, here's the text that everything we talked about is coming from. And so it's First Peter chapter 4, Romans chapter 12, Ephesians chapter 4, and First Corinthians chapter 12. And so these are going to be the places where um, anybody who's listening today is going to be able to um, kind of uncover and unpack these, these, this whole topic for themselves. Here's the second place through the Redemption City Church's Ephesians sermon series. So that's not a, that's not a cheap plug either. This is, I, I'm being serious. Part 15 through 17, I kind of spent about three and a half to four hours kind of walking through the text, okay? And so yeah. if you want to be a part of that series, it's part 15, 16, and 17. And you can find that at visitredemptioncc.com. Um, and you click on the button Church in the Meantime, and then you'll find our Ephesians series, which is located on the bottom of the webpage. Yeah, Pastor Brandon, those are, I believe, two great avenues to, to take that step and initiate the journey of, of man, 
discovering our, our spiritual gifts, you know. So, man, it, it has been a great episode today as we have dove deep into this idea of spiritual gifts and really taking a new perspective, even in, in, in the gift of tongues and, and the reality of how we get gifts and, and all the beautiful things that God has done for us in light of his name. So, Pastor Brandon, what, is there any final exhortation you have for us or a prayer to wrap this, this episode up as we um, um, just, just look forward into what God has for us? Yeah, absolutely. So here, here's some brief things that we've talked about, and here's some ending exhortations. Let's all focus on simply yet supernaturally being ourselves, because we are we're we're good, we're good enough. Enough is enough. You're tall enough. You're wise enough. You're pretty enough. You're talented enough. Um, believe that. Uh, believe that upon the word of God. Um, also, um, we want to get involved in His mission, and we want to understand that His mission is often different than our own mission. Our own missions are usually filled with our own desires and our own selfish gain, and so we want to continue to ask Holy Spirit to get a hold of our hearts and our desires, so that they become more and more like like Christ, so that our our mission lines up with His mission. Um, we want to be seeking first the kingdom of heaven, Matthew chapter six, verse thirty-three. And the more we seek God, we don't have to worry about all these details of our life because. As we're seeking God, he takes care of everything else. The word of God promises us that. And then, um, man, finally, and, and probably most importantly, um, you can only give what you have. And you can't give more than that. God gives you what he gives you. And you can only give that. And we want to be faithful to do that. And so um, let's pray and let's invite, man, the Holy Spirit into our hearts and into our actions as we leave this podcast and we kind of enter back into the world. And I'm hoping and I'm encouraging you to take one step, if it's this many step, whatever it is, to get going in God's mission. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful, Lord, for um, having a relationship with you that is so relational and not just informational. We thank you for the word of God that um, reveals to us, Lord, that your son Jesus did not only die on the cross with the period, but he died and then he rose again. And as he rose out of the grave, Lord, he came lavishing spiritual gifts on our lives so that we could encourage one another in a difficult, sinful, and broken world. And so, Lord, we want to leverage the spiritual gifts you've given us and we want to help our brothers and sisters. But Lord, some of us, Lord, right now are struggling to know what our gifts are and to have confidence in them. And so I pray, Lord, that this episode of, of the Pastor's Corner helped to just kind of illuminate some things that may have been in murky waters and brought it into some clarity. But um, Lord, your word is the ultimate giver of clarity. And so I, I, just, I, just, I just pray that our listeners would be spurred now to open their Bibles and to go into 1 Peter's and Romans 12 and Ephesians 4 and to see what you have for them with their own two eyes. And that some of them will even be compelled, Lord, to enter into our sermon series or another church's sermon series that kind of cover this important topic of our identity in you and what you've called us to do. Thank you for making us, Lord, simply to be ourselves, but supernaturally giving us things that are much, much, much beyond what we would have without you. Thank you for being our Heavenly Father. Thank you for being a good, good Father. It's in your beautiful name we pray. Amen. And thanks, Pastor Brennan, and, and thank you for all our listeners for joining us for episode number two, titled Spiritual Gifts and Being Simply Yet Supernaturally Yourself. We hope you can join us later and go make much of Christ today.